The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. And that is launched out to deep left field. Big fly for Mike Trout. This is ground ball to second base. Red Heifel falls down, picks it up, fires the first. The Angels have no hit. The Seattle Mariners. It's gone. Big fly for Anthony Rendon. Hey guys, I'm Alex Curry. This is Joe Adele here with the Los Angeles Angels. Brendan Marsh. This is Chris Rodriguez. You're listening to the All Angels Podcast. And welcome to another edition of the All Angels Podcast. I am, of course, Daniel Garcia, and I am joined with Mike Brown from the Big League Chewing, Big League Chewing Podcast. He's back. He was here opening day, and now he makes his return. Mike, how you doing? Hey, Daniel. Thanks for having me. I'm doing yeah, well. Yeah, uh, you know, always a good time to have you on. We're pretty much a, a month into the season, so I figured just have a good time to have you back and kind of not only where the Angels are at, but let's kind of talk about. We end up kind of talking about where the whole MLB is at this point. So. Obviously, the twin series, uh, a lot of people were looking forward to it, having a tough series in Kansas City, get a day off, come home, home cooking, sleep in your own bed. Um, some of the roster moves that were made before this game, uh, some of them we kind of knew that was going to happen. Um, it seemed like right after the Kansas City series, they optioned uh, Jake Merrifield to the alternative site. And then right before the game, they recalled Luis Renjifo and uh, Scott Shevler in the DFA uh, designated um, John Jay for assignment. Um, any of those moves kind of stand out to you or were you kind of surprised about one thing or another? Yeah, I think they, uh, they tried the Jack Mayfield experiment for about two days or about a day and a half. And then right. he was, he was kind of quickly optioned back. And the same thing for John Jay, uh, it looks like they DFA'd him completely. So, um, they're bringing up Shebler, obviously they're bringing up, uh, they brought up, uh, Renjifo at this point, um, so, yeah, and the, the whole kind of Luis Rojas thing, I think uh, he'll probably still get yeah. some more at-bats, but maybe not like in a starting role As, much yeah. much more. It looks like they're more comfortable with Renjifo maybe starting uh, over at third base for now. Um, so, yeah, until Rendon comes back, I, I think I probably prefer Renjifo there with maybe Ro- giving Rojas like a Sunday afternoon or like an afternoon start or something like that. But, um yeah, the Mayfield thing didn't surprise me. I mean, but then again, he barely had a cup of coffee, so it's it's hard to say. But I, I, you could tell that those last two games in Kansas City, I think it was the last two games in KC, where they didn't have Rendon, they didn't have you know right. all the depth Something pieces. They had to, twice. Yeah, they had to call these guys up, and they were like, Ooh, you know, those last two games didn't go well. These guys didn't really perform, um, so they they made these roster moves pretty quickly. So, yeah, and then you kind of mentioned it a little bit with the Louis. Um, with the Rojas, you know, he is a great story. He is a local mm-hmm. kid. Uh, a lot of people are rooting for him because he did really well in, in Salt Lake. And so you kind of hope that that yeah. translated over. He, he got off to like a one in 19 start. Um, you know, how long do you, do you, would you feel comfortable him being out there? I mean, like I said, everyone's rooting for him. Everyone likes to see a local kid like that perform. But at a certain point, you kind of have to put someone like a Luis Renjifo out there who has had that experience. Yeah, it's it's tough, you know. I mean, the to to make a comparison, you know, you got a guy like uh, Barreto who's now on the Angels, but when he was with the A's, he just never got the playing time. You know, he was like a top prospect, but he just never got the playing time. And like with Rojas, 
this team wants to be competitive and they want to win. And I think Perry is going to have a pretty quick uh, hand in terms of like changing over the roster. I mean, we yeah. saw this with the bullpen, right? Obviously yeah. coming out of spring training, Perry was like, uh, this, is, this isn't going to cut it. And he went and signed C-Sheck and, and Watson. So I think there's going to be a short leash with Rojas. Um, but you could see him in that role where he, yeah, where, as I was saying, where he comes in, uh, he plays like a Sunday afternoon or he plays like on an afternoon getaway day or something like that, you know, but he's not going to get, I don't think he's going to get regular starts. I mean, I would like to see it, but I, I, at the same time, I don't think this, this team can afford to, to kind of make those kind of, um, you know, to, to, to go through that process even. Yeah, I mean, because like you said, at the end of the day, they're trying to win games. This isn't a rebuilding stage. You know, you can't afford to have a guy like that take his time to get acclimated. What I want to see from him, Rojas, is that once the minor league season starts, him go back down and maybe he does catch on fire in Salt Lake and then bring him back up, you know, Mm -hmm. um, June, July, if there's if there's a need. And maybe that kind of confidence momentum will will kind of roll over into, you know, playing for the Angels, I think. Right now, yeah. he needs to get that kind of confidence back and, and know that he can do it. So maybe that's something that we see once the, the Salt Lake Bees start at the beginning of May. So mm-hmm. let's get to the game. Like I mentioned, some roster moves were made and the return of Justin Upton, and he ended up having a great day. But before we get to that, uh, Andrew Haney was on the mound. Everything was all square at uh, 0-0 until the fourth uh, inning when Walsh did this. Roll toward the hole. And Walsh continues to stay on stay on fire. A guy again that we kind of talked about in, in opening day that if he is that next guy to produce for you for the Angels after Trout, after Rendon, after Otani, and even right now, after, you know he could be you know it might be next up uh, for Upton. But mm-hmm. you know if he is a guy that can continue to produce, he is only going to you know make this lineup even better you know it extends it even longer now you you can hit albert seventh or eighth and it doesn't matter because you have all those guys so again that was in the fourth inning andrew henny like i said earlier was on the mound was going pretty good got a lot of defensive help got a lot of double plays turned behind him which was good to see the ground ball was working um he ended up going into the sixth inning getting into a little bit of trouble he goes five and a third two hits two earned runs three walks six strikeouts like I mentioned, he gets pulled in the six with two guys on. Uh, you know, relievers come in, gives up a, a, a double. Those two guys come in. It is now tied. Unfortunately, like I mentioned, those runs are now uh, on Andrew. Do you like that role where the, you know, granted he left with guys on base, but he wasn't one that gave up that, that RBI hit. Do you like that role of the runners getting charged to the starting pitcher who just left, or you think they should be charged to – um, you know, the, the bullpen arm that gave it up. Yeah, it's, it's tough. I mean, I, I don't like it being charged to the, uh, to the starting pitcher that, that had just left the game. I, I, I don't like that. Cause I feel like Haney pitched well enough to kind of um, to deserve better than that. Um, right. But at the same time, it is kind of unfair to have the run go to the, the, you know, the inherited runners come in uh, to go to the, the reliever coming in. Um, but yeah, I, I just think that, Haney, at, at the end of the day, you look at his box score, gave up two runs, but, um, you know, his day definitely looked better than that. And his past two starts, he's actually he's actually been better. I think that oh, yeah. first start was pretty bad. Um, actually, he started off pretty well, I think, first couple of innings, and then he kind of got into some trouble. But 
his last two starts, he's been good. So um, yeah, I think it's looking up for him, but um, I think we know to kind of, it can be kind of an up and down ride with, for, with Haney. So, yeah. Um, and then he made that adjustment in Toronto or in Florida against Toronto um, going over to, I believe the first base side of the rubber opposed to the, uh, he was more in the middle and he's done it the last two starts. And it's like you mentioned, it seems to have really been working from the last two starts. So hopefully that's something a small, you know, tweak that he can make to continue his, uh, you know, he's not, I'm not gonna say dominance, but being reliable and being a, a solid number two, number three type of pitcher um, for the angels. And again, he's one of those guys where I feel uh, he's going to be a play a big part in how good this rotation is this year, you know, behind mm-hmm. Bundy, you know, Cobb's done really well. Jose Quintana, I think has just had some bad luck. Um, I talked yeah. about the last podcast when they were in Florida to play Toronto. If he gets that double play call where it looks like obviously he's sliding out of the base path and he breaks it up, but now there's no outs and there's just kind of confusion everywhere. If he mm-hmm. gets that double play, he's out of that third inning without a single run. But now because of the weird call, no one's out. There's two errors on one play. And now it kind of snowballs and he ends up giving up like four or five runs in that one inning where technically he probably should have been out of it. So, that's something for him to look to look ahead for him to do, uh, Jose. And, and But Andrew has definitely been able to help himself with that little tweak moving to that side of the rubber. So the Twins end up getting a third run in the sixth. So they're up three to two at the uh, top of the sixth, but it didn't last long because in the bottom of the sixth inning, Mike Trout comes up. Mike bouncing ball. Through that draw in infield, it's a base hit. Fletcher scores. Otani to the plate with the slide in there. Mike out again, uh, coming up clutch at the uh, bottom of that inning. Now the Angels are up by a run. Um, it's four to three. You're feeling a little more confident now. Now you realize it's going to be a bullpen game. And truthfully, you know, I think compared to some other seasons, I have more confidence in this bullpen right now than I did maybe, you know, last year or two years ago. How do you feel when it comes to like those quote unquote bullpen games? Yeah, no, I, 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 I'm there with you. I definitely feel a lot more confident. Um, I think Perry's done actually a pretty good job um, at the end of the day, uh, bringing in a guy like Sluggers. I know Sluggers actually, um, he gave up a run in that game, but uh, he's been really good. Uh, Myers, again, has been really good, kind of building off of what he did last season. Um, I think Iglesias has gotten roughed up a couple times, but other than that, his stuff is there, and I think he'll be fine. Um, C-Sheck, it seems like Madden has a preference for C-Sheck for going to him pretty often. Um, and he's been good. Um, and then Alex Claudio, of course, um, another new arm in there who's, who's kind of a guy that you can throw in, you know, day after day after day to, to get some out. So yeah, it, it's definitely a new look bullpen and I, de- yeah, it's crazy to think of the changes. Um, definitely feel a lot better. And then, and then, too, you know, Felix Pena was rumored to make his appearance mm-hmm. at some point this weekend. Obviously, it didn't happen. Um, right. He's another guy that you can see being brought up, you know, within days. Um, and he's another reliable arm that Madden really turned to last year in, in certain, like, high leverage situations. And you would think uh, he would be doing the same thing this year, um, you know, seventh inning, you know, guys on and he's a guy also who can give you more than one inning he can go two or three innings if need be so again another weapon for joe to use coming out of the bullpen so 
That was mm-hmm. a six inning. Angels up by one. It's, like I said, it's still a close game, so you're not too sure what's going to happen. Uh, and the seventh inning was pretty crazy, and it all got started off with this. But Fletcher, Rano is on the move. What a beautiful hit and run. You go ahead and pull that infield in. I am Fletch. So Fletcher with an RBI single, and he does that so well where it just looks like he's he's reaching for the ball just to make some kind of yep. contact, and he ends up – I always mention it to to my wife or my friends or anything. And like, it looks like just like a little wedge shot like because I'm a golfer. Mm-hmm. So it looks like it's up in the air, and it does it dies perfectly right between you know the outfield and the infield, and it just seems like he comes up in that situation so much, and he delivers so much as well. Yeah, I mean, he he loves that kind of up in the zone fastball where he mm-hmm. just kind of dunks it over the to right field, like you were saying, like a wedge shot. Um, I was just laughing at Sutton's call. I love I love how Sutton's been over the last you know since he's since he's joined the kind of the booth there. Right. And yeah, the whole like I am Fletch thing. Like he has these like quick little like liners that are like uh, that are really good. But yeah, you know, Fletcher is, is is as reliable as they come. He's kind of been off to a bit of a slow start. I think he's batting like two thirty seven. Right. But he's he seems to but. I don't know. It seems like he's been better than that because he's been getting these kind of clutch hits well, so far. So I think I think that's what it is. Like I, I, I'll have to go back and look, but I would love to know his average with runners in scoring position because I just feel like that it would be so much higher, mm-hmm. you know, runners in scoring position than it is probably his regular batting average because, you know, there's the, the Toronto series. There's this game. There's always seems like a game where there's a guy on second, guy on third, and he just needs to get the ball in play. You know, yep. easy single. You know, slow, uh, soft contact kind of single and. Someone scores. It always seems like when that situation arises, he always delivers, and that's Fletch. I mean, that's the guy that everyone uh, has grown to love, and and me included. So that's how the seventh inning started. Uh, A couple batters later, it got totally blown up. Here's a pitch, and there's a ball blasted out into left field. It is out of here. He did bust the game wide open. It's a grand slam, and now it's not. Yeah, I took Terry Smith's call right there again, busted wide open. But Upton, huge oh. grand slam. What a way to come back. Like we mentioned earlier, he was scratching the last two games in Kansas City with back stiffness. Everyone was worried just because it was one of those things where it's like, oh, when is he going to be put on the IL? Like he got scratched. Like everyone was waiting for him to put on the IL. Um, yep. But again, that day off helped. Comes back, has a great game, grand slam. Uh, the place was absolutely nuts. But again, if this guy can continue his hot streak of uh, power numbers, this lineup is, is, is dangerous. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm super excited that to, to see what a healthy season will get, uh, you know, will get us out of Justin Upton. He is a, a little older now, obviously. So you're not, you know, you're not expecting what he used to produce when he was right. a bit younger, but at the same time, I mean, if he, if he can hit, you know, a grand slammer once in a while or, you know, get on base, I remember in the, I think it was the first game of the season, he had a really good at bat um, against the White Sox where I think he took a walk and then the inning kind of opened up after that. And um, yeah, he does seem a lot more patient. He seems a lot more selective. I mean, that was like a hanging breaking that hung ball. It. That heat hung that so he yeah. really just, just destroyed. Um, so yeah, I, I think, I think he's, he's, he doesn't look as bad at the plate as mm-hmm. he used to. There's a lot of at bats with Upton where I'm like, Oh man, he just looks horrible at that at bat. But He's a lot more patient. I think he's more selective with his pitches. And, um, yeah, he's hitting balls really hard. So Yeah, and, and you mentioned it was a hanging, uh, breaking ball. And, and, and to me, it was like when Upton is right, and I don't care you know, how old he is, when he's mm-hmm. on, if you make a mistake like that, he will put it over the fence. 
the, yeah. the Upton's one is he's not healthy or he's like pressing too much. It's he has a mistake and he just gets underneath it and pops up, or he just doesn't feel comfortable with what he's seeing and, and maybe freezes up and, and gets called for a strike. But when he's on mm-hmm. and you make a mistake like that, he's still capable to um, turn on it and do what he did there and just absolutely killed the ball. And by the way, the, the, the twins uniforms, those baby blues, those are nice. I like those. I, I, I love those. They are slick. They are really nice. Um, yeah, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of baby blues in general. Yeah. So yeah, but the twins ones are nice. I like the scripts on yeah. there. So yeah, we walked into the ballpark. I'm like, okay, all right, this is cool. I like, I like, I like the, the matchup. And this was also too talking about uniforms for a little bit. This is but the first game with the Reds busted out for the mm-hmm. Angels. And we've always talked in, in seasons past on the on this podcast about how often the Angels go to them and how much they kind of seem to go to them too much to a point where it's like that doesn't even seem like the alternate. It always uh-huh, seems like uh-huh. the primary because it always seems like if there's like a four game road trip, there's like two of the games are probably going to be, you know, the Reds. And then if, the there's, Red a game, yep. if there's a three game home, there's probably two, two of them are probably going to be the Red Tops. So it was good, it's good to see like the solid grays, the solid whites and, and the red kind of mm-hmm. splashing from here and there. So and with yeah. the 42 with the Jackie on the back was, was awesome as well. So uh, mm-hmm. a little bit of a uniform talk. But another guy we talked about uh, came up right after Upton and wouldn't be outdone. That one down the line toward the corner. It goes! Gone! Oh, Walshy, you made it 10. And Jared Walsh again with another home run to add on to his RBIs he had earlier in the game. Again, this guy, if if he can produce like this, you, I mean, you can kind of see it too because he's playing right field, a position that he hasn't played, you know, really at all since his minor league days, like early minor league days. So mm-hmm. they're just trying to find a way to uh, find uh, a spot from in that lineup because he's meaning that much to the angels right now. And just Walsh is unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you see that pitch that he hit, I think it was like a 70 mile an hour breaking ball. So uh, not only is he hitting the fastball really hard um, as he, as he has for most, a lot of his homers, I think have yeah. been on fastballs, but uh, he crushed that breaking pitch as well. And he just got it inside the foul line there. So yeah, he's really on top um, of his game right now. I feel like it's I, that was probably one of my biggest kind of question marks heading into the season was that could he uh, extend his September, his really hot September into 2021? And he's done that so far really well. Um, so it, it's a blessing because with Rendon out and, right. oh, yeah. uh, you know, Fowler and a lot of these starters kind of missing some time, Upton missed a day or two or a game or two, um, having him there. Uh, is really going to lengthen the lineup um, and and make make a a, a, whole, a huge difference. Oh yeah, I think you know, and even too, it just seemed different when Upton was in this this you know this time yeah. through again missing two games before this. Now Pools isn't batting like fourth or fifth. Now you can afford to put him down. And not saying that Pools can't do it from time to time, but it's just if you're going to bat him in that situation, you're expecting kind of production. You know every time and i don't think albert has that in him anymore but mm-hmm. you know walsh and and can be that kind of protector that rendon was for for trout and and same thing with upton if they when they bat upton behind him too when these guys are on yeah i don't know who you could decide to pitch because you already know trout can be in a slump but he's going to get that respect no matter what so uh yeah so that ends the seventh huge seventh inning that's six runs in the seventh and that would pretty much be it um 
Angels win three to uh, ten to three uh, in the season season opener. I guess I don't know if the, if you want to qualify that as a sweep or or win the one game <laughs> series. But um, another thing that was kind of interesting during the game was uh, uh, what was his name uh, came in the pitch. We had a position pitcher. Uh, oh, um... why am I forgetting his name? His nickname is the Turtle. Uh, El Tortuga. Uh, oh, Astadio. Williams Astadio. Come in throwing that 43, 45 mile per hour <laughs> heat. And then yeah. I he was in and he was warming up. And I was like, oh, well, whatever. It's a warm-up pitch. And then uh-huh. he's just lobbing them in there. And some of the balls were hit hard. It's just right at people. And it's just it's funny to see how you would think professional batters would be able to take total advantage of that. And then – they're just so not used to it being getting there so slow and their preload and all that stuff is thrown way off. But that was, that was fun to see. He had a one, two, three ending. I, I was kind of joking. Like he might start on, you know, Saturday. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, he had a clean frame, um, but yeah, you're talking, I mean, and he almost looked like a mini, uh, mini Bartolo up there. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, it was, uh, it was pretty, yeah, it was pretty cool to see. Yeah. That, that's, that is very true. But uh, angels get again, gets the win 10 to three. Everything's flying high. Everything's going great. And then kind of reality made everyone come crashing down. So this is kind of the, 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 the event order. So obviously, like we talked on the last podcast, Anilton Simmons tested positive for COVID. So he did not make the trip to Anaheim. Well, I guess before the game on, on Friday, there was another positive test. But they said it was um, someone in the travel party. So didn't say necessarily it was the team, or like a player or a staff member. I think later it came out to be a staff member. And then that was kind of a question that was brought up to the manager of the twins the night before Friday night about, you know, what's this been going forward? And no one really knew. Well, Saturday comes up and it's about 30, 40 minutes before first pitch. Word comes out that they are postponing the Saturday game because of two other positive tests. Uh, I believe they're Mm -hmm. both players, Um, you know, I guess in a way the angels got lucky last year. They didn't have to deal with any of this COVID delay stuff last year. They didn't have any double headers because of it. Um, and it just seemed like maybe that luck ran out a little bit now, uh, you know, and then obviously down the line, they, they also postponed Sunday's game, today's game. So there was no Saturday, no Sunday game. And again, for COVID concerns to run tests, to do uh, contact tracing and all that stuff. That's kind of seems in everyone's vernacular. Now, when we talk about sports and, and COVID, um, how did you feel about the the, te- the results of the test and, and just the whole COVID situation with this series? Yeah, it sucks. I mean, it's, it's a definitely a big bummer, you know. Um, uh, it's You think that we're close to getting over the kind of the COVID hump, and you think that, um, you know, I think going into the regular season, players were getting tested, and there was like a very few percentage of players that were testing positive all through spring training. Like, right. I don't think there was any teams – over the course of spring training that really had any big outbreaks. And then kind of the season started with the Nats and the Mets, I think having to postpone their series, um, which got off to a slow start. And then, so now this twins kind of mini outbreak. Um, So yeah, it just puts into perspective that we're not quite over this kind of uh, COVID hump yet. Um, You know, as, as much as the games are going on and things are happening. So yeah, you know, definitely pray for, for less of these things um, moving forward. Yeah, because now you look at it, the Angels are going to have, you know, 
because I, I don't I don't know if they'll put again they didn't come out with what they're what they're going to do with the twins when they're going to replay it or or where exactly mm-hmm. but you already mm-hmm. have a game to make up due to rain because of the Toronto slash Florida series so that's yep. one doubleheader and now if they if these next two games are on two separate days now that's three doubleheaders in in the, this season at some point and you know when we kind of mentioned it with the Angels depth you know that can be kind of a tricky situation you know. You, you mm-hmm. probably want to keep guys off their feet a little bit more surrounding those games. But if you're in a, the race and it's kind of maybe later in the season, do you do that? Do you not do that? It's going to be really interesting to see how that plays out. And this kind of brings up an uh, uh, interesting point. And I don't know if I ever got your opinion on it, but the seven inning rule that's back mm-hmm. this year for double headers. Uh, enjoy it. Not enjoy it. I know there's been kind of a handful of those already in Major League Baseball this year. Yeah, I think it's fine. I mean, I think it makes sense. Um uh, yeah, I mean, I think there's been enough of them now to where it's kind of an, it's been normalized. You know, previously with like the first couple versions, I would have been like, oh, man, this team could have had two other innings to kind of come back or whatever. But, right. you know, for the sake of kind of like, you know, not tiring out the players and kind of getting, you know, making sure they're rested and can finish the season. Um, yeah, I, I think a seven seven inning game is fine. Um, yeah, I, it, it's weird and it's probably still getting some taking used to, but um I, I think it makes sense just just logistically. So, yeah, definitely a sprint too. It just feels like if you're mm-hmm. not tied or in the lead by that like fifth inning, it's like you know that's the equivalent of the eighth inning. It's just you, your 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 chances are, are really running out really quickly. So something to watch out for. Again, they have not yet announced a date for those two makeup games with Toronto. We know, or not Toronto, sorry, Minnesota, the Twins. Um, we do know there's going to be one mm-hmm. later this year with Toronto when uh, I believe when Toronto comes to Anaheim. So something to look yeah. out for. Like you mentioned, hopefully there's the outbreak is kind of contained in the Twins organization, and hopefully I know. The Angels were – they mentioned that we're going to have like a volunteer workout today at Angel Stadium Sunday because also it was their test day. So the guys had to report to Angel Stadium to at least get the test done. Whether or not they worked out, I, there hasn't been reports about that. But hopefully, you know, like I mentioned, it's contained until the Twins and the Angels don't have any of those kind of issues popping up with the upcoming series. And uh, talking about the upcoming series, they are now going to welcome the Texas Rangers to Anaheim. Um you know, for a three-game set, starters came out earlier today. Uh, Monday, you're going to have Bundy. Tuesday, the big return of um, Shohei Otani on the mound. And then Wednesday with uh, Quintana on on the mound against some, you know, like I mentioned earlier, I want, I'm really interested to see how he does. I, I think he's run into a lot of bad luck in the last couple, or at least his last start for sure. But uh, mm-hmm. Bundy, uh, Otani, Quintana, I, I mean, you kind of hope by those, at least those first two guys, you're able to get two out of three in this series easily. Yeah, yeah. The Rangers, uh, you know, they're not not a great team. Um, and, you know, with I, I think Quintana was obvi- I think was slated to be the next starter in line. So it looks right. like he they bumped him and Cobb. Cobb was supposed to start Sunday and he's yeah. uh, he's probably going to pitch Thursday. And I think they're traveling to Houston for that series. So he might be getting that first start in Houston, but no official announcement yet. So I like that they bumped Bundy up. Um, that's that's nice. Um, Otani pitching the second game. Great to see that he was able to ramp up his bullpen sessions and get to the point where he's able to kind of come back and, and start a game after mm-hmm. having that blister issue, um, which is hopefully behind him at this point. And yeah, Quintana, um, you see his ERA there, 16.2. His last uh, start, I think, was against the Blue Jays maybe yeah. in Florida. Mm-hmm. Was not good. 
Um, so yeah, uh, you hope to see something better out of Quintana. The only thing that I worry about is with this two day layoff, um, you know, the angels were hot on Friday night, you know, they were swinging it, you know, they had a big win. Um, Haney pitched really well. Uh, you know, the whole team kind of played pretty well. So, uh, with that two game layoff, um, hopefully they're able to kind of pick it back up here, uh, starting tomorrow night, um, with Bundy on the mound. Yeah, exactly. You kind of hope that, you know, it helps the pitchers get a little bit extra rest. Obviously, they're going to have a, a fresh bullpen going into the, the Monday game, but yeah. you also kind of give a little take a little. You also means that your uh, lineup that's been producing really well when it gets to when it's on like 80 percent capacity, you know, without Rendon has been on fire. So hopefully mm-hmm. there's not too much of a letdown. I guess the good thing about it is that they're not like traveling. So, you know, there's not they right. can stay off their feet. They're not, you know, going to Texas. And I think that's a big help also. But mm-hmm. yeah, you again, you know, for the Angels to to be considered a serious contender, you have to really be, take care of these lesser opponents. You know, you have to take care of the of the Rangers and, and teams like that where they're not expected to compete and you don't let them kind of just hang around because at the end of the year, honestly, whoever wins the 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 American league West is you could probably look at how they do um, against these lesser, you know, the, the Rangers and stuff like that. And whoever has the best record against like the Rangers is probably going to be the team that wins the division, just because that's normally what it comes down to is how you play against yeah. these, these, these lesser teams. So angels have their first shot at Texas uh, Monday, like I mentioned earlier. So, we are going to take a quick break, and then after the break, we are going to talk a little uh, baseball top 10. So we'll be right back after this. Your outdoor experience could be better, clearly better. Canon sunglasses are made exclusively with polarized lenses for optimal clarity. Using Japan optics, Canon lenses are clearer, lighter, and stronger than other lenses and are nearly impossible to scratch. With frames handcrafted in Italy, Canon sunglasses elevate your experience outside with a degree of clarity beyond your wildest imagination. Use the exclusive code KNUN15 at KNUN.com to receive 15% off your first pair. That's K-A-E-N-O-N-C-A-S-T-1-5. KNUN, clearly better. It's that time of the year again, and all eyes are now going to be on pro basketball and the start of the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline.ag has your betting action covered. In the NBA, the conference races are heating up as the teams prepare to make their push for the playoffs. And if baseball is your first love, like it is mine, BetOnline has you covered. If you love hockey, golf, MMA, and championship boxing, guess what? BetOnline has it all. Every sport, every game, every matchup. BetOnline has you covered for all the odds and real-time updates, and this is the place for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to place and check in on all your favorite sports bets all the time. Head to the website or use your mobile device and bring home the game with BetOnline. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, 
and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Welcome to Fail Better, David Duchovny's new podcast with Lemonada Media. On Fail Better, David, who has experienced both low- and high-profile failures throughout his life, explores the vast world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives. Each week, he'll chat with guests like Ben Stiller, Bette Midler, and more about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, he hopes listeners can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out now wherever you get your podcasts. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. 
I love my Skims Wireless Form Bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims Bras at Skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader, like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on AutoTrader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. And we are back. And again, I am joined by Mike Brown of the Big League Chewing Podcast. Uh, we talked a little bit on the front end of the podcast about the Angels, the one-game series against the Twins. And I wanted to bring Mike on, too, because not only is he an Angel fan, but he's just a baseball fan in general. He does a really good job of, of following the other teams and being really informed about the other teams going on um, in baseball. And so I thought it was a good time to have, like, a top ten. Uh, for me, at least, it's – Right now, obviously, this has a lot of potential to be moved up and down. Um, there's some teams on that are aren't are going to be on this list that you would think are going to be in the playoff hunt come the end of the year. And there's probably some teams where they're on this list and maybe by you know July, they're nowhere near this list. But it's, it's just kind of fun to see where they're at right now. Who's hot? Who don't you want to play? I guess is the best way of, of putting it. So yeah, uh, the top 10 list. And since Mike is the visitor, I'll let him go first. So his number 10 team. The Oakland A's. Yeah. So with Oakland, um, the more I think about it, the more they probably would be higher up on this list. But they started off so badly yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, um, you know, it's it was kind of hard to put them any higher. But uh, they've won eight in a row now. Um, and they've kind of played really well over the last uh, week or so. Um, you know, just goes, I mean, enough said with, with them winning eight games in a row. So, um, I like Oakland. I like, I like them kind of preseason as well heading into the season. So, um, but yeah, with the streak that they've been on kind of counteracting the kind of negative kind of start that they had, um, I have them as my number 10. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree completely. So my number 10, uh, and we'll get to kind of going back and forth a little bit once we, all the, the teams are out. So my number 10, is Atlanta. I know what their record is. I know what how they're doing, but it's just to me, it was hard for me not to put them on the list because what not only what the team can do, but Acuna is just absolutely killing it right now. Um, yeah. But, you know, I, I just feel like they're kind of like the A's in a way where it's like once they get it going, would it surprise anyone if they win seven, eight in a row? No. So I right. just could not keep them off the list, even though it's 10. I'm sure by the end of the year, like we mentioned, they're probably going to be higher up on the list. But as of right now, I got to put them 10, and I kind of have to put them there kind of like, uh, you know, part of it is off a of reputation. I know I'm not supposed to, but it was hard for me not to. So yeah. Mike's number nine, Tampa Bay Rays. Tampa. So they uh, – I think they swept the, the – um, yeah, they swept the Yankees this weekend. Uh, which is part of the reason why I have them at number nine. I think that was kind of a big early season statement series. You know, this team lost Blake Snell. They lost Charlie Morton. 
Um, and they have a, they're, they're, I think we've talked about this before on the podcast. I think maybe you brought it up, but they're kind of the Oakland A's of the AL East where it's like, yeah, how <laughs> you don't really know how they do it, but they, uh, but they do it somehow. Um, and Tyler Glass now is like a certified ace. He pitched really well yesterday. Um, and are they, let's see. Uh, yeah. So I have the Rays as my number. Number nine team. Uh, they're at 500 right now, but I think uh, with this series against the Yankees, I think there's better things to come. Um, yeah, and I think I think they're going to move up this list pretty soon. Yeah, the the last place uh, New York Yankees. Who would have thought? Yeah, five and ten. So number nine for me is the Angels. Obviously, I, this team for me is real hard because you see the glimpse of um, Upton coming back and, and the, how that lineup is producing. Now, with the information that came out today with Otani and stuff like that, if he's on, you know, Tuesday, if he's on Tuesday like he was before, and you see that splitter and you see that fastball, and he doesn't have the blister issue, and he comes out and puts a dominant performance out, you know, it's it's going to raise obviously. But with Ren, with Rendon, not sure about Ren, what's going to happen with Rendon if he's going to come back right away or not. Um, again, Cantana. Um, Griffin Canning, kind of still the question marks in the back end of that uh, rotation. But, you know, like I said, if if, if Otani produces um, and this offense stays hot, I, you know, I think they will grow. But it's just some of the pitching is still kind of worrisome to me. And then with Rendon not necessarily knowing when he's going to be back, it's kind of, again, I feel like, you know, not too sure. But, you know, I, I feel comfortable at them at nine just because uh, I'm not – trying not to be too much of a homer, but uh, you know, I, I think it's a lot better than we would have thought probably a couple years yeah. ago where this team was going to be for sure. No, so the, agreed. The number eight team for you, Seattle Mariners. The Mariners. So um, yeah, the Mariners have been hot. Last 10 games yeah. are seven to three. Uh, they started off a little shaky, but they've kind of picked it up a little bit here and they're right now in first place, first place. in the in, in AOS. So um, yeah, my list is a mix of kind of, uh, you know, those that are kind of start getting off to a hot start and those that I think are good and will kind of continue to be good. But I don't see the Mariners keeping this up for the duration of the season. But for now, um, yeah, they're off to, the, to a hot start and they're my number eight. And then my number eight, Chicago White Sox. Obviously, we saw them in Anaheim opening weekend. Um Angels did really had a really well played series against them. Took two out of three, including the opening day. You know, I still think with their pitching, um, they're still going to be in a lot of games. I think that's going to that's going to help. Um, you know, I, I think too the division probably helps them out a little bit. I don't think it's the strongest division. Obviously, you have the the um, Indians. We'll see what happens now with the Twins, how this COVID thing, you know, that might help them out, actually, because maybe now they Twins have to bring a bunch of players up and then they're going to start losing games. We'll see how that goes. But, you know, I, I just think they're going to be there. And I still think with that pitching, they're always going to be in games. Uh, so number seven now for Mike is the New York Mets. The Mets. So the Mets, um, they were one of these teams that obviously started the season a little delayed um, because of the Nats COVID situation. Um, but they started the season seven and four. Um, I think this team has a lot of potential. Um, I think they're probably going to be hovering around, hovering around. <laughs> he texts me. He says the power just went out. So we will um, try to bring him back in a little bit. Um, if not, you know, I'll continue this conversation, but Hey, live podcasting, uh, nothing like it. Um, so my seventh team was also the Mets. 
um, or as um, you know, Degrom, the Degroms, because it seems like he's the main guy with the pitching, um, continuous pitching, continuing just dominating. Um, when they're able to give him any kind of run support, um, it it helps. You know, obviously he, he's been the guy that if you look at some of his uh, records with two or less run support, you know, it, it's, it's bad. Like he's not winning a lot of games, but when they score like three or more games, he's winning a ton. So uh, I like the Mets. I like their offense. Uh, Lindor, obviously there. Stroman, you know, is, is turning out to be a really good pickup for them. Pitching wise, again, his second year in New York. Um, but yeah, I, I really like the Mets. We'll see how it goes. I'm not sure if they're able to hold on to it. You know, I think the Nationals are better than what they've been. Um, obviously, the like I mentioned, the Braves earlier, I think they will be up there by the end of the season. That's just something that will um, – that was just something that will be uh, interesting to see. So as we wait for Mike to jump on, uh, again, he, ha- he powered out. Oh, and I think he is back. Hey, okay. we got you back. Nothing like live podcasting. Yep. It's all good. Don't even worry <laughs> about it. So, so my seventh team was also the Mets, and I was just kind of talking about DeGrom and how he's been um, dominant. And then if they're able to get him any any kind of run support, he's putting up wins on on uh, on the board. And it's just unfortunate when right. he goes, you know, eight innings, one earned run, and then they lose like zero to one or something like that. It, it's just to me that that that's like the Mike Trout version of pitching. If you want, if you want to kind of put it that way. Totally. Totally. So now the six, uh, Mike's sixth team is the Angels. Yeah, so off to a really good start. I might be a little biased here, but um, yeah, the Angels have been playing really well. Um, currently in second place. We had first place for about a game and a half. Um, so yeah, I, I love how, I love how this team is right now. I feel I feel like they're a different team than we've seen over the last four or five seasons. They just have a different feel, a different kind of swagger to them. Otani being healthy definitely makes a difference. Um, and yeah, I expect the angels to maybe be maybe around the eight or the nine seed or kind of power rankings for the rest of the season, maybe hovering around 10 or 11. But um, I think for now I like them in the middle of this list. Yeah. And then my number six team is the Tampa Bay Rays. Kind of like what you're mentioning, you know, they're going to be like the A's they're going to do what they're going to do. They swept, you know the the New York Yankees. Glass now is now. I feel like kind of making that making that turn to being that front line ace type of starter, where that's what Blake Snell was um, for them. You know, last year and the year before. But I think he's going to be that guy now, and I think um, they're just going to be able to be able to piece it together like they always have. You know, uh, they're not going to have huge names. That's never what they're going to do. But they're still going to play really good baseball, and they're still going to win games, and, and kind of proved it this weekend with a sweep of the New York Yankees. So number five for Mike is the Milwaukee Brewers. Yeah, so the Brewers um, to me look really good right now. Um, they have the uh, they're up there in run differential, so they're plus fourteen in run differential, which means they're winning games kind of pretty pretty convincingly. Um, just to compare, the Angels right now have a run differential of uh, plus three. So uh, you can tell that the Brewers have been winning games and winning games pretty big. Um, they're only eight and seven. They're still a game back behind Cincinnati. But uh, Corbin Burns, who's one of their pitchers, has pitched yeah. really well. Um, Woodruff has pitched really well. 
Um, so yeah, this is a team that I think was my favorite to win the Central NL Central before the season started, and uh, I like them a lot right now. Yeah, they have. Uh... Like you mentioned, their pitching is doing a lot better than I thought they would be doing uh, this time uh, or around this time last year. Uh, My number five is the Oakland A's. Again, a team that is just on fire. Uh, I kind of like how I mentioned it before. A team that I would not want to see right now is the Oakland A's. They just seem to be now clicking and getting everything going. So, you know, luckily I don't think the Angels are playing for a while. I kind of knew this too because when they got off to that super slow start against – um, Houston, I kind of thought like, you know, I wish they were coming now, you know, into town now, because by the time the Angels see them, they're going to figure it out. They're too good of a team with too good of players to not at least be competitive. And that's kind of what they're proving now. You win that many games in a row. You're able to, you know, work your way back into the division talk. I think, uh, you know, shows how good they're playing right now. So number four for you, the Cincinnati Reds. Yeah, so the Reds um, last ten games are actually five and five, but they're still nine and six, uh, and they have the I think it's the third highest run differential in baseball right now uh, at plus twenty four. So they've been winning games uh, pretty convincingly. Uh, they're nine and six right now. They're atop the NL Central. Um, they just got Sunny Gray back. Um, Nicholas Castellanos uh, got off to a really good start um, for them. So, uh, yeah, this is a team that I thought would be kind of middle of the pack um, in that division, kind of after losing, uh, you know, Rysel Iglesias, losing Trevor Bauer. Um, but, yeah, they're, they're definitely surprising me, and they've come out really hot. So that's kind of why they're, uh, they're high up for me. And then for me also, Cincinnati at four, you kind of mentioned they're getting Sonny Gray back. Um, <laughs> I kind of – I'm upset that they're doing so well because I was really hoping that they would struggle <laughs> because I was really hoping that the angels will make a play for like Sonny gray at the trade deadline. But obviously mm-hmm. if the reds are going to be this competitive all year long, that's probably not going to be an option, but the offense has been mashing. And whenever you can mash in that kind of a ballpark where it is very, very hitter friendly, um, you're going to win a lot of games, even if you know, your pitching isn't great, but their pitching is good. That's the thing. It's like, yeah, they can mash, but their pitching is also backing them up. So um, yep. a team that I'm not sure is going to sit here for, for the long term because, you know, sometimes hitting comes and goes and we'll see how that plays out for the Reds. But as of right now, a team that's really hot and, and with their offensive firepower, I would not want to see them in the other uh, team's batter box. Uh, number three for you, the San Diego Padres. Yeah, so the Dodgers just took uh, two out of three from the Padres this weekend, but the games were all really close. And before the Dodgers came to town, uh, the Padres had been uh, quite good. So the Padres are 10 and 7 right now. They have a plus 13 run differential, which is pretty good. Um, Tatis Jr. is back. Uh, We'll see how long he's able to stay healthy for. Uh, Snell has pitched pretty well. Darvish has pitched pretty well. Uh, Joe Musgrove threw the no-hitter last week. Um, so this team is has kind of charged out of the gates really quickly. Um, the Dodgers are still better, and I think the Dodgers showed that uh, over this weekend yeah. series that they're still the team to beat. But um, yeah, Padres are, are definitely look look really good. Yeah, definitely. And I watched that game today. It was a really good played game today and on Sunday. Um, number three for me, the Red Sox. Never thought I'd be saying that. Red Sox again <laughs> are on fire. Um, mm-hmm. Again, offensively, they're just putting it out there. I don't know how they're doing it pitching wise. I mean, I just, I don't, they don't have Chris Sale. I mean, you know, they don't have like a huge name pitching wise, but their offense is doing good. You got um, Verdugo out there. You got 
guys that are contributing. And it just seems like after, again, kind of like the A's, they got off to that really yep. slow start. They got swept by Baltimore. And then it just seems since then they've been clicking on all cylinders and been able to put game after game after game together and, and shoot up that standings in the NL East or AL East. And um, again, a team that's really hot. I don't know if their pitching is going to be able to sustain this all year long. Again, a team that's, I'm not sure it's going to be here. If we do this like, you know, next month, right. Not sure if they're going to be here or even like in definitely not this high, but as of right now, I, I, this team is playing really well and it's surprised me a ton. So, and then your number two, because I saw this list before anyone is also the uh, Red Sox. Yeah. So just a lot of the things you were saying, I was really nervous or, and kind of was like, oh, yeah, this is how the Red Sox are uh, when they lost to the Orioles <laughs> to kind of start the season. Um, but, yeah, they've been getting a lot of good production um, kind of out of their their normal guys that you would, you know, their lineup is still really deep, uh, even though Mookie Betts is not there. You know, you still yeah. have, have guys like Devers, Bogarts, uh, Alex Verdugo has played pretty well. Um, Martinez been, has Martinez yeah. been doing really well, too. Yeah, J.D. Martinez has been hot. Um, they have a plus 21 run differential, which is like top three, I think, in all of baseball. So they've been scoring a bunch um, and winning pretty big. Um, and, yeah, up until two or three nights ago, they had an eight, eight or nine-game winning streak. Um, so, yeah, uh, hot out of the gates. But, yeah, definitely probably not sustainable. But for now, I, I have them pretty high up here. And then my number two, San Diego. Obviously, they play the Dodgers this week. Um they are going to uh, play again next weekend, too. So they're going to see each other quite a bit for the next seven days. But kind of like you mentioned, Friday's game went to extra innings. I think it kind of got away with them just because the lack of pit, like, you know, the bullpen was pretty much all spent. You know, I think that game could have went either way. Then obviously Saturday night's game, Darvish had a great pitching performance. So did Kershaw. A great play mm-hmm. bet in the outfield. If that's, you know, any other team that probably falls and, and they get a couple runs and it's all tied up and, but I think the, the biggest thing with me is that they play the Dodgers really well, and I just think the Dodgers are going to be so far ahead of everybody else that just playing them well kind of solidifies for me that they're that second team. And kind of like you mentioned, if if uh, Musgrove and, and you, Darvish, and Snell can be the top three guys that a lot of people think they can be, then you know this team will go, will go really far, and they're obviously going to end up playing the Dodgers at some point in the playoffs, you would think. So mm-hmm. obviously – one spot left, and I think we both know who we picked, and obviously that would be the Dodgers. Unfortunately, as a bunch of Angel fans, but <laughs> I mean, you kind of have to respect what they've been doing the, so far this season. They've been able to play again tough teams like uh, San Diego and playing them really well mm-hmm. and winning, you know, two out of three down in San Diego. So, um, what is it about the Dodgers for you that makes them the top team right now? Yeah, one of the things that stood out to me the other night was I think it was the first game, but yeah, it was Friday night, uh, the first game of the series against the Padres, and it went to extra innings. And um, David Price came in at like in like the tenth or the eleventh inning, um, and it's just like wow, that really that really shows just kind of like how deep the Dodgers are when David Price is coming in in an extra inning game out of the bullpen. Um, right. Yeah. <laughs> so the depth is incredible. Uh, Cody Bellinger has been out, I guess, since uh, early April. I didn't even know that uh, the team is so deep. You know, Mookie yeah. Betts just Mookie Betts just slides right over to center field. They have AJ, AJ Pollock out there who's not great, uh, but he's, you know, a nice piece. Um, 
And yeah, they got this guy, Zach McKinstry now, who's just kind of another guy, another guy, another Dodger guy. Another Dodger guy that they somehow develop in the farm system that I'm like trying to figure out how do we do that? How do, how do the Angels yeah. able to just like, oh, we have an injury at third or second? I just pull up that kid that no one knows about. Oh, look, he's a legit major He's player. legit. Yeah, I know. It's it's really frustrating. It just shows that the Dodgers have built, built uh, a sustained uh, – a franchise that's sustained for success for a long time. Uh, and and that just goes from top to bottom. So, yeah, Dodgers are the obvious kind of number one pick here. Yeah, I, like I said, it, it sucks as – Angel fans to say that, but you know, you see what they're run. You I mean you're talking about run differential with a lot of these different teams, and then you look at the Dodgers run differential, and we're saying like, oh, 11's good. Oh, you know, you know, 20's great. I think Dodgers run differential now. I, I know it probably changed because of t- tonight's game, but it was like up in the it was like 41 at one point. I think going mm-hmm. into going into today's game, it was like a, a 40 plus 41 run differential. Now it's at like 30, it's probably like a 39, 38 because of the loss. Yeah. yeah, but just the fact that you're putting up major points and it's not even close they, they're beating the teams they need to be and beating them by a lot you're right in the teams like san diego you're taking two or three which you need to do against good teams like we talk about that all the time with angels you take two or three you're you're going to win a lot of series you're going to win a lot of uh games and you're going to be up there so um that's our top 10 uh, your first thoughts again like you mentioned i seen the list before we put it out you didn't see my top 10 but now that you see it any thoughts yeah, I, I almost had the Braves uh, entering this this top ten. Um, you know, I think I think maybe the Mariners might be a little high on my list, but they've just been kind of playing better than I had ever predicted um, going into it. And one team that I definitely missed uh, was the Royals, um, who obviously Angel yeah, fans. Yeah, that, that was close. I was close with them too. Uh, have been pretty good. Um, you know, they're nine and five right now. They're on a two game win streak. I think they beat up on the blue Jays this, this weekend. Um, so they're definitely a team that has put together kind of a sneaky, good lineup. Um, they got a lot of young pitching coming through the system. Um, they have one of the young talented prospects in all of baseball, Bobby Witt jr. Who's probably going to debut maybe next season or late this season. But, uh, Oh, I think we lost. um, Yeah. They're, they're definitely off to a good start. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, you're good now. Uh, yeah. The Royals just narrowly missed my list. Yeah. I, you know, and I saw the Mariners. I was thinking about the Mariners. I wasn't, you know, if I put the Mariners in, I'm going to have three teams at the AL, you know, AL West. And that's not even including the Astros. I'm just like, uh, I'm not sold on the Mariners yet. A good test will be coming up. I know the Dodgers are heading up there for two games, I believe Monday, Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And honestly, depending on what the Mariners do there, that will prove a lot to me one way or the other. If this team is going to be legit, and like kind of like I, I was thinking with San Diego, like you don't necessarily need to beat them. But if they can be close, like and granted to the Dodgers did kind of move stuff around to have Bueller, Kershaw, and um, Bauer pitch against San Diego. So obviously the, the, right. the Mariners aren't getting those guys, but still you would think – with the depth they have, I mean, that means they're getting like Destin May and, and uh, Urias. So, so like that's, yeah. those are no guys to be like, oh, easy. So we'll see how right. they, the, right. the, the Mariners do. That's one thing where it's like, oh, I'm just, I couldn't commit to putting them in there because I want to see kind of what the Dodgers do. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and with and with the Brewers, I, I, I saw the run differential. I was like, oh, my God, who do they play? But when I saw that they played two series against the Cubs and a series against the um Pirates, I was like, ooh, yeah, I need a little more diversity than their division because I, I don't. I mean, you're gonna have the 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 Reds, and you're probably gonna have the Brewers in there, but it just seems like the Brewers have paid played mostly Central Division 
opponents. And it's just mm-hmm. like, and, and we all know how the Pirates are going to be. And it just looks like the Cubs are not going to be very good this year. No, no, they're not. Um, and yeah, I, I guess, I guess shifting to your list. Um, yeah, I did like the Braves a lot. Um, White Sox. I wanted to put them on there cause I know they're good. Um, but yeah, I couldn't, couldn't bring myself to do that quite yet. Um, even though, yeah, they just had a no hitter uh, as well over yeah. the uh, previous week. Carlos Rodon threw a new hitter, no hitter. So, yeah, it's a really good team. Um, but just right now, they're probably like, yeah, just outside the top ten for me with the Royals. I actually probably like the Royals a little better, a little more now. But I think projecting for the full season, I think the White Sox are definitely a better team. But I, I probably have the Royals higher in my current uh, power rankings. Yeah, definitely. And, and that's something, again, too, that's going to be fun to do. Maybe, like, we'll do it again next month and then kind of see how everything kind of, you know, shifts. Because, obviously, there's going to be shift in this. Like, I can't imagine the same yeah. top 10 is going to be the same top 10 for the whole year. So, you know, no. as, as the months go on, you can kind of see it fluctuate up and down. I think that's the fun part. Obviously, it hasn't even really been a month yet, so a lot of stuff can happen. A lot of moving parts can happen. Not everyone's played everyone yet. So um, something to kind of keep an eye on. I think it'd be a nice little fun uh, thing to do, especially when you have an occasion like this where you're like, oh, wow, look, they played one game this week. I have a lot of time to fill. What the hell do I do? Okay, let's just talk about the top 10. Good timing. Yeah. So, yeah. so it, it, it all worked out. So um, that's our top 10. Again, um, I'll run Mike's down first from 10 to 1. His is the, the A's, the Rays, the Mariners, the Mets, the Angels, the Brewers, the Reds, the Padres, the Red Sox, and the Dodgers. And then mine from 10 to 1 is Atlanta, the Angels, the White Sox, Mets, Rays, A's, Reds, Red Sox, uh, Padres, and Dodgers. I will post this on our Halo uh, Haven Instagram. Go ahead and leave a comment. Leave your top 10. We're really interested to see what you guys think. Leave it in the comments or email us at allangelspodcast at gmail.com, and we'll start throwing those up there throughout the next couple podcasts. Um, so that's pre- almost going to wrap it up for this edition of the All Angels Podcast. I just wanted to give a quick update. Obviously, if you know, we are um, collecting strikeouts, I guess, strikeout for 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 Tyler Skaggs Foundation. I still have yet to find figure out a creative name for this. But if you followed us along last year, we did, you know, a strikeout per a uh, dollar per strikeout last year. And so this year we're doing Andrew Haney and Chris Rodriguez and then uh, Felix Pena when he comes back again, hopefully soon. Um, but right now, Andrew Haney has 19 strikeouts. Chris has 10. That's $29. Uh, thank God it's low numbers because I can't add that much. So $29 as we stand right now. And, you know, a couple games got shorted this weekend. So I'm sure they're going to make up for it because um, yeah. in that game Friday, Chris was warming up for the ninth inning. But, you know, obviously they didn't go to him for whatever reason. So he could have added on there, but I'm sure you'll probably see Chris sometime during this upcoming series. Haney is not scheduled to pitch, so we'll probably see him in Texas uh, or maybe even after Texas, depending on how they want to work that lineup. But again, that's $29 for the Tyler Skaggs Foundation so far. And if you want to donate uh, to the foundation, a dollar, $5, whatever, um, go ahead and look and our link, click on our link on our Twitter and our Instagram. And there is uh, the link for that one for the Skaggs Foundation is right there. Easy. And again, uh, $1, $2, $3, anything helps. And right now with the baseball season starting for a lot of schools, uh, you know, high schools, little leagues and stuff like that. They're able now to so do something they weren't able to do last year. And that's donate to these, these little league programs, to these high school programs um, that they weren't obviously able to do last year because of the COVID situation. So 
that's going to wrap it up for this edition of the All Angels podcast. Mike, thank you very much. And let them know about the Big League Chewing podcast. Yeah, so you can get, find me uh, on Twitter at ChewingCast. Uh, I'm gonna, about to get started um, doing some team-by-team kind of recaps with a lot of bloggers and kind of locked-on podcast-type guys uh, to come out and talk about their team and kind of what they've seen in the first couple of weeks of the season. Um, so, yeah, you can follow me at ChewingCast on Twitter or you can listen to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And we will make sure to put his Instagram link and Twitter link inside this bio for this podcast. So definitely check it out. So, again, have a great weekend. We'll we'll be back on Wednesday night to recap the Texas series and look ahead to the Houston series. So, uh, again, I'm Dallin Garcia. That's Mike Brown. Have a great night and go Angels.